we're going to continue in a series that we started last week entitled Chasing Lions. And through this series, what we're doing is we're exploring some of the powerful truths that we learn from the lives of some of David's uh, mightiest men. Uh, and our title comes from the example of one of his mighty men, a guy named Benaiah, who went into a lion's den, into its territory, and he slayed it for the purpose of getting past it. And so it, we've been learning a lot um, as of last week. I'll touch on that a little bit. But I believe that today's word is a word directly from God for your heart, for your life. You know, David was Israel's most successful king. There's never been a king more successful than him outside of Jesus, of course. <clears throat> but that success came because of people who were anointed by God to do what was necessary to bring about great breakthroughs um, and victories. And so like David, God desires uh, more than anything that we have success. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but God really does want you to succeed. He does want you to prosper. He wants you to walk in your new identity as more than a conqueror. And God wants you to accomplish great things. But to do so, we have to learn to tap into God's might within us so that we can face life's obstacles head on. And so last week, when we examined the life of Benaiah, we learned that we must be courageous when faced with obstacles by facing them. And if we're, see, the, the truth is that if we're going to face the obstacles that present themselves before us, and we're to overcome and head towards what God has destined us for, we have to accept the reality that we have to go through the obstacle. Are you hearing me today? You have to go through the obstacle. There's no way around it. If an obstacle presents itself and is directly in the way of what God is calling you to and where God is leading you to and what God is telling you to do right now in this moment, you can't avoid that obstacle. You might run from it. You might cower in the face of it. But you have to understand that God has equipped you to go through it. You have to go through it. And so when we do this, it opens the door, we learned last week, for our faith to work. And so that we can see God-sized breakthroughs. And I'm telling you today, I've got good news for you. You've got a God-sized breakthrough in the making. It's waiting on you. And I believe that today's message will bless you and reveal to you a, a new layer of revelation from God as to how to do that. And so today I want to draw your attention to 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8. And this verse introduces us to another of King David's mightiest men. Let's look at it and see what we can learn from it. It says in verse 8, these are the names of David's mighty warriors. Joseph Basabeth, a Tacomanite, was chief of the three. In other words, he was the uh, strongest, the best of them all. And he raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Now I want us to really think about that. Because Joseph Basabeth was the best amongst David's mightiest warriors. 
of all the 300 that were his best, this guy was top rank. He was number one. But his standing above all David's fighting men had little to do with his might as a warrior. Lean into this right now. Hear what God wants to speak to you. See, in this verse, what we see is that Josheb Basabeth knew how to seize opportunities. He knew how to seize the moment in one encounter so that he could reap a great victory. And like him, we must make the most of life's day-to-day encounters by remaining passionate and ready when God calls us to make a move, when God puts before us opportunities. So today, I want to invite you online, whether you're a friend, your family, whether this is your first time, I want you to consider that today I'm not here to give you my opinion. Today we're going to look to God's word, which means God is speaking directly to each one of us. And I want to invite you to not only lean into that, but to open your heart to that. As we discuss today's topic, the moment of divine opportunity. You know, in ancient Greece, there was this place, ancient Greece was a place where paganism and wickedness abounded. There were temples everywhere. There was immorality, which was rampant. It was a place of great wickedness. And one of the gods that they worshipped, among many, was a god that they called Kairos. And Kairos, in their belief, was the god of opportunity. I believe we have a picture, a depiction, that we want to post um, of, this, of, of how they viewed this, this God. Um, and I want you to notice in this picture, his hair in particular. I want you to notice that he has hair on the front, but he has no hair on the back. And the reason why they believed that his hair was this way was because he, it represented the opportunities that he brought. See, as long as he was in front of you, and you kept uh, seeking him before you, they believed that opportunities were always present for you. But if you ignored him, if you rejected him, if you let him pass by your life by way of um, ignorance, they believed that the back of his head represented how you could reach back, but the opportunity had passed and you could no longer grab it. Now, the reason why I share this with you is because there's a powerful truth to that rationale. Granted, we don't believe in this God, Kairos, but think of the rationale. God has placed opportunities before us. We are never lacking opportunities. I need to say that again. You are not lacking opportunity. You do not lack opportunities. Why? Because God is before you, and God is a good God. The Word of God says that He's predestined you into good works. God would not call you to good works if He didn't equip you for them. The Scripture says that you have everything that pertains to life and godliness, that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing, that His Word is useful to teach you, reprove you, correct you, instruct you, and it has thoroughly equipped you for every good work. So what I want you to see is that you are 
ready for opportunity. You are built for opportunity. You're not lacking opportunities. You can step into the new seasons that God has laid up before you of growth. You can step into change and fresh beginnings. You can, you, you can step into the resources and, and take a, a hold of them and grasp them and use them because, you see, God has provided opportunity for you. You can truly be more than a conqueror in the face of life's obstacles and the challenges that are threatening to get in the way of what God has for you. You see, we serve an equal opportunity God. Man, if you're with me, say that with me. I serve an equal opportunity God. Now, I'm glad that you believe that. I'm glad that many of you are typing that. But I want you to consider that not all believers seize the opportunities that God provides equally. We don't, we don't, we don't all take advantage of them. You know, Joseph Basabeth brings to light an invaluable lesson that we would all be wise to take heed to. And it's this. It's that one of the best ways to miss what God has for you is, is to miss the opportunities he places before you. I'm going to say that again because you need to write that down. You need to do more than just hear that. You need to do more than just read that. You need to internalize this. You got to go back to this. One of the best ways to miss what God has for you is to miss the opportunities he places before you. Take a moment to think about that. See, the reality is that opportunities are laid up for you. Say that to yourself right now. Declare that to yourself. Opportunities are laid up for you. See, it's easy to miss God-ordained opportunities. That's the reality. In fact, we've all missed some along the journey of faith. And until this very day, for me personally, I'm going to tell on myself, you don't have to tell on you, I sometimes ponder where we, where we, Church at the Bridge, might be today if I had listened to God. Let me tell you that when uh, we felt the prompting to start the church, my wife said, "Hun, this is what I'm sensing. I swear, the Holy Spirit, he sounds like my wife sometimes. But I'll tell you, and I'm just kidding, but I'll tell you there was, there was a revelation that my wife had tapped into that she was tuning into that I, I didn't want to hear because I thought everything was good. This started at the beginning of 2013 while we were in the middle of successful ministry. Everything was flourishing. No issues. And so for me, I believed we're good. I'm doing what God's calling me to do. This can't be God. The devil's a liar basically is what I was saying by my actions and my thoughts. But it took me a year to catch up to what the Holy Spirit was saying. And, you know, we're not there. I'm not there. I've, I, I, and I'm glad I'm no longer there. But what I will tell you is this, that while I can't change that decision and I'm no longer there, I wonder where we would be today if I had just listened to God and seize the opportunity when he told me to. I believe that we'd be uh, further along, but I thank God for his mercy and his grace that covers us, sustains us, and is carrying us right now through this season. And I believe, Church at the Bridge, and I declare to you that we will get to 
the place that God has called us to. We will do everything God has anointed us to. And you too will reach what God has destined for you. Come on now and type amen to that if you believe that. Now, just like Joshua Basabeth, God wants you and I to seize moments of divine opportunity in our life. Listen, maybe you're in a season where you might feel stuck. Maybe you're lamenting missed opportunities. Maybe you're waiting for one. Hey, maybe you're not. Praise God if you're not there. Wherever you find yourself right now, there's something that God needs you and I, wants you and I to know right now in this moment. And I'm going to say it again. God has opportunities laid up. But listen, it's just for you. God has opportunities laid up just for you. You matter that much to him. Will you seek them and will you see what God is uh, uh, calling you to? Let me give you two portions of scripture to give you some context for this. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says this. Look carefully then how you walk. In other words, be careful about how you're living is what it's saying. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. According to this verse, we are to be conscious and deliberate about how we live our lives because we're in trying times. I think we can all agree that there's always trying times in life. They're all around us. We, we, we dug into that last week. But I'd like you to take note of how the Bible calls us to do this, how we're to be deliberate and conscious, what we're supposed to be doing. Notice that the Scripture tells us that we're to make the best use of our time. You know what the Scripture is actually saying there? It's saying use the time that you have to recover from loss. That's what the Greek says there. In other words, what, whatever the enemy may have tried to steal from you, wherever maybe you've dropped the ball, whatever maybe you did not understand because you did not know God or you, you didn't have revelation from his word, what God is saying is right now, every single day, always make use of your time to recover, to take hold of, to grasp to possess the opportunities that I'm laying before you. See, in other words, every moment in our life has value. It carries purpose. It is intended to accomplish something good, something godly. But if we live oblivious to this truth revealed in these verses, we will waste our lives. But here's what we'll also waste the opportunities that we have that we live unaware of. Wake up. Open your heart. Open your eyes. See that even right now you have an opportunity and God is bringing truth to your life. And he's saying, I'm right here. Let me help you. In Galatians 6.10, it says, So then, and you might want to type this with me, Say this with me, speak this with me, affirm this to yourself. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good, listen to this, to everyone and especially to those 
who are of the household of faith. Did you get that? Did you catch that? You, believer, you have opportunity. And whether you believe in God or you don't, you have opportunity. Why? Because God is not willing that anyone should perish, but that all would have eternal life. So whether you believe in God or you don't, whether you, 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 you're putting your trust in God or you don't, whether you are trust God but you're failing and you're struggling in your faith or you just don't want anything to do with God, God wants you and he's laying opportunities before you. And so I want you to get this. You have opportunity, but you must be willing to act from this day forward. See, opportunities from God, according to what we see here, open the door, listen to this, to good things. Good things for you, good things that God wants to do through you, good things that God wants to bring unto the lives of others. And so, for the next couple of moments that I have here today, I want to talk to you about how to seize your divine opportunities. And I want to start off by making a statement. See, just because an opportunity presents itself and it looks appealing doesn't mean that it's necessarily from God. And likewise, just because an open door looks a little uncertain, poses somewhat of a challenge, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be walking through it either. See, the key is knowing how to discern if an opportunity is really an open door from God. And you don't want to miss those open doors because of fear to walk through them, because of doubt, because of uncertainty, because of questions that you want answered. But you also don't want to take every opportunity that comes along, assuming it is from God's hand either. And so for the next couple of moments that we have together, I'd like to point you to some biblical principles, wisdom that comes directly from God that I believe will bless you and help you to seize divine moments of opportunity that God has just for you. Are you ready? The first thing I want to leave you with here today is that divine opportunities require God-given discernment. Now, for the average believer, that sounds obvious. But the question is, how do we do that? Again, divine opportunities require God-given discernment. In other words, not only does God show you the opportunity, he gives you the ability to see it and understand how to do it. That's discernment. See, in the Bible, we have record of a time, and I love this because a couple of weeks ago, my wife was uh, delivering a powerful message, and she referenced Queen Esther, and I was thinking about this series that we were leaning into when I was listening to it, and I was saying, man, God, you are setting us up for this, for this next series. So I believe that this is just building upon what she was saying just two weeks ago. And so in the Bible, we have record of a time when Queen Esther was faced with a dilemma. The people of Israel were on the verge of destruction due to a conniving plot by a guy named Haman. And so Esther felt stuck. She felt stuck because the reality was that his plot was now in play and the destruction of all Israel was certain. But her uncle was telling her 
that she had to expose this to the king. And in, in light of this, Esther felt ill-equipped. She felt helpless. Why? Because according to the law in those days, in this kingdom, where the people of Israel were exiled to, they were subject to them, um, she feared that if she went before the king, she would be executed because she could not legally go before his throne into his chamber where his throne was without the king summoning her. Listen to what happens. In this moment of indecision and fear, her uncle points out the God-given opportunity that was before her, one that she was missing up until this point. Esther chapter 4 verse 14 says this, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. Notice this, the opportunities that God gives you will come to pass whether you participate in it or you step aside and he puts someone else in place. I hope that blesses you, and I hope it's really causing you to look within. And so it goes on to say, but you and your father's house will perish. See what, she was, what was about to happen if she stepped away from this opportunity? And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We learned two valuable lessons from Esther's encounter this experience that she had. The first we learn is that divine opportunities bring relief by way of enlargement. What are you talking about, Pastor Jose? Well, you got to dig in a little bit further to the story. But you see, Esther had an opportunity to open the door for Israel's deliverance, for their safety, for their advancement, for their continuance. See, opportunities create space for the good things that God wants to bring into your life. I'm going to say that again. That's not even one of our points, but that is just so good, so rich, and we have to meditate on that. You should write this down. Opportunities create space for the good things that God has for you. The second thing I want to point out to you is that divine opportunities bring solutions that create a way of escape. Divine opportunities bring solutions that create a way of escape. You know, divine opportunities provide insight that you didn't have. They provide you another way. They provide you God's way. I believe it's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, where it says, "Trust, uh, um, uh, put your trust in the Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. See, we can't put trust in our ways. We have to put our complete trust in God's ways. And so you see, divine opportunities, they show you a way of escape. One you did not see. They, 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 and these are opportunities that we cannot afford to miss. Why? Because they bring us relief. They take the stress and the worry, and the weight off of us. See, there was no way out for Israel. But the opportunity God gave Esther was one that was meant not only to bring Israel peace and deliverance, 
It was meant to bring her peace and deliverance in her calling. See, God gave her better options than the ones she came up with apart from his counsel. And God gave her and Israel a way out of the dilemma that they faced. If you find yourself trapped, feeling cornered by the issues of life, the obstacles getting in the way of what God has revealed to you, my friend, don't stress. Remember that you are blessed. Remember that God is still good towards you, that he has been good, he is good, and he will always be good towards you. The scripture declares that you shall live, that you shall enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living. God has good things for you, not just in this life, but in the one that's to come. Enjoy the goodness of God. Rest in peace. Turn to God. Seek wisdom from him. Go to the word of God and let him reveal to you what he has in store for you. I want to just share one more thing about discerning the, the, the opportunities that God lays before us. Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 and 10 says this, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more, watch this, with knowledge and all discernment. I point this out from the scripture because God wants us to live our lives with discernment. That applies to opportunities. And so it says, it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Watch this. So that you may approve. It's speaking there in the original language of experiencing. Listen to this. So that you may approve what is excellent. What is, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. I want you to see something. Divine opportunities point you to what is excellent. In the Greek, that speaks of what is better. Better than what you come up with, better than your ideas, better than what you think, better than the advice of people, better than the opinions of this world, better than what the media tells you, better than what the experts say. Let me tell you something about the experts. The experts may be an expert in what they've studied, but the experts can be wrong. Why? Because there is wisdom from God that goes outside of man-made expertise. So divine opportunities point you to what is excellent, but they also point you to what is pure. And that word pure there speaks of what is sincere and not selfishly motivated. And divine opportunities also point you to uh, uh, what is void of reason for offense. So when the Bible talks about being blameless here, uh, that that's God's will, uh, and, and that's what we reap from discernment, what I want you to understand is that God's di divine uh, opportunities and his discernment will point you to that which is better, that which is not selfishly motivated. If you're only thinking about you, if you're about to crush people in order for you to seize an opportunity, I'm telling you right now, it's not a God-given opportunity. But also, God-given divine opportunities will not leave you in a place of shame. They will take you to a place where you have no reason to offend anyone 
And even if they get offended, you're not guilty. You carry no offense. Why? Because you're doing what God called you to do. The second point I want to leave you with here today is that when you focus on the facts, you miss the truth. Let me say that again. That's important. You should write that down. When you focus on the facts, you miss the truth. You can miss the truth. See, Josheb Basabeth was built for success. He was destined to do great things, to, to enjoy great victories, but it hinged on his ability to discern the moments before him and seize the opportunities that they presented. Why do I say this? Let's just put ourselves in his shoes for a moment. I want you to imagine that you have 800 battle-ready, equipped, seasoned warriors, men of war, standing before you. And they're all about to come and pounce on you. How many of you can honestly say that in that moment, you would see that as an opportunity for something great? You know, the truth is that many of us, what we do is we'd see the divine moment or what we think is a divine moment to run. We would run, but not Joseph, not Josheb Basabeth. See, despite the odds against him, I want you to hear this. Despite the odds against him, he saw beyond the facts in front of him, and he discerned an opportunity for victory. Not only did he discern it, he seized it. Listen, the facts were he was severely outnumbered. The odds were against him. Those were the facts. That's what the natural reveals. But the truth, now I'm talking about the supernatural, was that he was anointed for the battlefield. He was in the place of his calling. And my friend, when you are in the place of your calling, no devil, no demon, no work from hell, no work of the enemy, no trickery can come against you. Why? Because God is for you. The scripture says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But don't miss the second half of that. And every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn. You have to operate in the truth. You have to declare the truth. You have to stand on the truth when your enemies come against you, when obstacles that are threatening your God-given destiny are before you. You, my friend, must seize the opportunity. And you do that by sticking with the truth, no matter what the facts might tell you. See, just because the opportunity comes with hardship doesn't mean it's impossible. I'm talking to you right now. Whoever you are watching, joining us, maybe somebody shared this with you. I want you to understand this, that just because the opportunity comes with hardship, just because it's hard, doesn't mean it's impossible. Listen to the words of Jesus to you, to me. Matthew 19, the second half of verse 26. With men, this is impossible. See, when you rely on your resources, when you rely on people, there's always a measure of impossibility that can happen for you. But with God, 
all things are possible. Man, you need to type that. You need to affirm that to yourself. You need to, if there's somebody sitting next to you, you need to look at them, grab their hand, encourage them, tell them right now, with God, but with God, all things are possible. Say that again. See, divine opportunities do not come without challenges, but they do come with God's help. Divine opportunities do not come without challenges. We know that to be true. We see examples of that throughout the entire word. See, there will be resistance to your God-given destiny, but there's always help because God is for you and he's with you. I don't know what opportunities you have before you right now, nor do I know the ones that are coming in, 22, in, in, in 2022, but I want to remind you that you are in covenant relationship, my friend. You don't just have a relationship with God. You have covenant relationship with God. And why is it important to understand that? Because God is faithful to his covenant to you. He is true and faithful to remain with you. Jesus put it this way. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am always with you to the end of the age. And so God is with you. And here's the truth, believer. You are with God. And so don't put any more limits on the divine opportunities that God has laid up just for you. It's time to seize them, to embrace them. As we come to a close today, I want to leave you with one final point. And it's this. It's that divine opportunities require divine action. You might want to write that down. Divine opportunities require divine action. Listen, Josheb Basabeth was faced with a divine opportunity for a God-sized victory. But to seize this moment required his complete faith. His complete faith. I want you to consider this. That before you can ever take, you can act in the divine. You have to be operating and living with divine faith. It has to impact your heart. It has to be your truth. The only truth. Listen to Mark 11, 22 through 24. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now granted, our asking has to be according to God's will, not according to our own plans and ideas. Nothing wrong with asking, but we have to make sure that our asking, our seeking, is aligned with the truth and the promises in God's word. But I want to point something out to you. I want to point out to you that faith has to happen before the opportunity is seized. See, God has amazing solutions 
for your marriage. He has direction to get you through the current and to your calling and purpose. He has divine insight for your business needs. He has wisdom for the tough decisions that you're facing right now and the uncertainties of life. But if you and I, my friend, are to seize the opportunities and see them materialize, it requires that you and I act first in faith before we physically act on the opportunity. I want you to think about this. Track with me here. Before you ever do anything, anything in the physical, you do it in your heart. Why? Because the scripture says that everything in life flows from the heart, from our beliefs. See, whether you're doing it consciously or subconsciously, here's what's always operating in your heart and mind. It's beliefs. It's beliefs. See, in our heart, we believe it. From our heart, our born thoughts, we think it. And those thoughts define what we imagine, the pictures that we play in our mind about the opportunities before us, the pictures that we play about our past, the things that we believe about ourselves right now. We do that in the heart. And what some of us may not realize is this, that we're using our faith, but we're using it incorrectly. We're using it incorrectly. We're not uh, going in the right direction with our faith. We're wrongly using it and going in the wrong direction. But today, my friend, I've got news for you. See, you've been operating in faith. Maybe it's just been backwards. But today, you can turn it around. Why? Because you can use your faith the right way. You can turn to God. You can begin right now to open your heart and seek wisdom and understanding from God and invite Him into your life. Can I say this? Because somebody needs to hear this today. Some of you are waiting for your opportunities but you're not preparing for them right now. Why do I share that? Because the place of preparation is the place where you begin to put faith in God, to put faith in the truth that His Word declares, to trust that what He has promised, He will do. Though it tarry, the Scripture says, wait for it, it shall surely come to pass. My friend, don't run from the place of preparation that you have right now. Maybe you're in the season where you're not seeing the opportunity materialize. Stand boldly and strong in your faith. Fill your heart with God's word. Meditate on his promises. Allow yourself to see the promises before you ever step into them. That's the beginning of your opportunity. And so turn it around. And if you're going to turn it around, eliminate the doubts. Believe that God's word is your ultimate truth and that what it says, it, it, it will come to pass for you. See, my friend, it requires you and I changing the story that we tell ourselves within 
and telling ourselves a new story with God's word, with what God is revealing to us. See, when you do this, it breeds confidence. When you do this, it develops a new vision for the future, and it changes what you see in the face of obstacles. This, my friend, is when mountains become molehills. This, my friend, is when the odds tip in your favor. This, my friend, is when the mountains have to move because you stand in the truth. You are prepared and you are seizing your divine moment of opportunity that God has provided. You know, there are divine opportunities available just for you, for me, for everyone. But it's time to seize your opportunity. It's time to take a hold of your divine moment and step into what God has for you. I want to thank you for tuning in today. But I would be remiss to leave this moment without inviting you to take this moment, seize this opportunity to go before God, to open your heart and be real with him and be real with yourself. If you've been foregoing your God-given opportunities, now's not the moment to condemn yourself. Now's the moment to turn to God and say, God, I see where I've gone wrong. And Lord, I now see where I need to go right. I need to go right to you. I need to put my faith in you. I need to stand in the place of preparation. And Lord, I thank you for that. If that's you, man, I pray that you are celebrating right now. That you are now in position to seize your divine moment of opportunity from God. Not just right now, but from this day forward. And hey, maybe there's someone joining us online tonight. And what you realize is that there's always been an opportunity extended to you. Maybe you've felt like opportunities don't come to you, but what you realize is that the reason why you haven't seized those opportunities nor discerned them is because you haven't discerned God. You haven't discerned the greatest opportunity of all, that God wants to walk with you through life so that you can experience what is possible with God. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.